You're listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. Hey guys, what's going on? Hope you are doing well. We are jumping into another thread here on the podcast. If you have not uh, been with us in person, you can catch all the rest of the episodes and it will get you caught up on the content that we've walked through this year up to this point. This week we're going to be talking about priests and instead of talking about um, priests in general or uh, multiple priests, what I want to do is I want to look at some key moments of the life of one priest and that priest is Aaron, the brother of Moses, the first high priest of Israel. And I'm not going to pretend to give you a, a perfect view of Aaron's life. In fact, a lot of it's kind of gray area. We don't know all things about every moment of Aaron's life. Um, But there are some key moments that I think that we can learn significant lessons from. The first moment that Aaron has talked about in scripture is found in Exodus chapter four. And a little bit of context is this is the moment that that Moses is being called uh, to do what God has asked him to do, to, to free his people. To, to go to the Pharaoh and say, hey, you need to let God's people go. We don't want to be in captivity anymore. And Moses is in conflict with God at this moment and is, is kind of arguing and saying, I, this, isn't, this isn't something for me to do. You should send somebody else. So Exodus chapter 4, verses 10 through 17 says this, But Moses replied to the Lord, Please, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither either in the past or recently or since you have been speaking to your servant, because my mouth and my tongue are sluggish. The Lord said to him, Who placed a mouth on humans? Who makes a person mute or deaf, seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak, and I will teach you what to say. And Moses said, please, Lord, send someone else. He's still like, no, please send someone else. And the Lord's anger burned against Moses. And he said, isn't Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well. And also he's on his way right now to meet you. He will rejoice when he sees you. You will speak with him and tell him what to say. I will help both you and him to speak and will teach you both what to do. He will speak to the people for you. He will serve as a mouth for you and you will serve as God to him and take this staff in your hand that you will perform the signs with. So the first point this week is uniquely gifted, uniquely positioned. First of all, I always think it's really interesting to me um, that, that Aaron gets overlooked in the story of Exodus because he he's a co-laborer with Moses in the pursuit of the calling that God has placed on his life. And, and God trusted him to lock arms with Moses. Moses was imperfect, as was Aaron, but his unique gifting was used by God because he could speak well to others in front of others. And God knew that Aaron, in partnership with Moses, was going to do something significant. And it's important that we understand understand that nothing great is ever done alone. There's something really beautiful about how God uses relationship and community to shape the kingdom of God. He uses our friends and he uses our family and he uses sometimes our, our co-workers and, and acquaintances to be co-laborers in pursuit of what God is calling us to do. That even when we look at the New Testament, Jesus continues to follow the blueprint with his disciples. It wasn't just about him. He was It was about who he was bringing along with him. Jesus, if anybody could do something amazing alone, it was it was him and yet he brought the disciples along with him. One, because he wanted to use their unique gifts and capacities in the ministry of the gospel, but also because he wanted them to learn. And so there's a ton of facets about being in relationship and being in community that, that is vital as we pursue the callings that God has placed on our lives. And I think that, that we have to understand that people all have unique gifts and abilities. And as we're trying to become who God has called us to be, we need to invite other people to the table that sometimes it's not about us trying to fill the gaps in our own lives, but it's allowing others to sit next to us, tether to us and say, hey, actually, instead of me trying to be good at all things, I'm going to be 
good at what God has called me to be good at. And I'm going to partner with somebody who's good at the things that I'm not good, good at. And, and that means the callings on our individual lives all of a sudden become more clear because we can do this together, that life is done better together. And we are more effective when we do life in community. I love that God used Aaron because he it speaks to his knowledge of his people that he knew Moses and his gifts and abilities. He knew Aaron and his gifts and abilities. And I think it's important for us to understand that he will do the same with you and I, that, that he knows who we are and he will uniquely position us. He's not going to ask us to be someone that we're not. He's not going to ask us to do something that we cannot do. He's going to ask us to step into who he has created us to be individually and then co-labor with people collectively to, to complete really incredible things. One thing that I find interesting about the call to Moses is this, is that Moses was hesitant to accept the calling of God before his brother was with him. Like, right, he's arguing, like, no, send somebody else. God says, hey, I'm the one who gave you a mouth. I'm the one who gave humans this. Like, all those different things. But to just go. Just do what I'm asking you to do. And Moses still says, like, Oh, can you please send somebody else? And he says, isn't Aaron your brother? I'm sending Aaron. He's going to be pumped to see you. He's really good at speaking to people. And all of a sudden, Moses isn't arguing anymore. That the hesitation in Moses' acceptance of the calling on his life is is subdued by the fact that Aaron, his brother, is going to come and is going to pursue the calling with him. That's huge. We all have been there, right? Like, we don't want to go at it alone. But if we know that we can be connected to others in pursuit of the calling, we find confidence. Aaron gets all kinds of opportunities to support Moses over their lifetimes. But I want to look at two ways that he gets to support. And the first way is this spiritual support. We don't know a ton about Aaron and Moses' relationship with one another. But what we see here is Aaron's invitation to step into the dialogue between God and Moses. For you and I, it's important that we understand that we often get the same opportunity with one another, that in the midst of Moses' calling, God brings Aaron into the calling so that it can can be completed. And that sometimes as we are receiving a calling from the Lord and we are hesitant to accept it, that there's a spiritual support that can come from people around us and, and they get to be that for us and they get to step into the dialogue between us and God and say, hey, I'm here for you. I'm praying for you. I'm covering you. Go do the thing that God has called you to do. And we get to do that for the same the same thing for other people, that we get to be a spiritual support to them. The beautiful thing about community is that there are individual calls, but there are also collective callings. And, and Moses and Aaron, I, I think it's really fascinating that they were biologically bound as brothers. Like there was something in their blood that bound them to one another. But God took took it beyond that and gave them a spiritual bonding. He bound them by their calling. And so for us, understand that God wants to spiritually bind us by our calling. And my prayer is that that we as a church, the Big C Church, even as a community of people, of, of young adults at Faith Chapel, uh, but but as the Big C Church, the movement of God, that we would be have a spiritual bond of community that would be desperately in pursuit of the hearts and minds of people and, and that we would be desperate for people to know the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus, that that would be a spiritual bond that goes beyond anything uh, that this world has to offer. We get to spiritually support each other in the pursuit of the callings on our lives individually and collectively. Another key moment in the life of Aaron, Exodus chapter 17, uh, verses 8 through 13. It says this, At Rephidim, Amalek came and fought against Israel. Moses said to Joshua, Select some men from us and go fight against Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the hilltop with God's staff in my hand. Joshua did as Moses had told him, and he fought against Amalek, with, while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. While Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed, but whenever he put his hand down, Amalek prevailed. When Moses' hands grew heavy, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat down on it. Then Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until the sun went down. So Joshua defeated Amalek with his army and by the sword. 
So the next point is this, is practical support. I love the picture that's painted here. Sometimes the greatest thing that we can do is, is to just truly be present. There's power in simply showing up. The truth is sometimes we will not have much to offer in situations. Our giftings and our strengths won't always be useful, but our presence will be. There have been times over the over the last 20 or so years of my life, um, some of them as a pastor, some of them not, but where like tragedy is struck and, and I want to fix. That's just like my natural tendency is I want to fix things. But but in the passing of a family member, tragedy, whatever it may be, like there's nothing that I can fix. Nothing that, that is innate in me can fix the situation that is happening. But what I can do is I can be present. And it's been amazing in the opportunities that I've got to just sit with people. There's a concept um, the, in Jewish tradition called sitting Shiva with people. You're not trying to fix anything. You're not trying to give advice. You're not trying to bring encouragement. You're just coming and you are sitting with those who are mourning and you are sitting Shiva with them. You are just present. And it is amazing the power of presence that, that we would understand that sometimes the most we can do takes the least effort. Sometimes we try to effort our way into fixing situations, but really what we just need to do is be present for people. Let them know that we are there for them, that we have their back. The least effort is sometimes the most powerful thing that we can do. For Aaron, sometimes it was stepping into a massive calling like the Exodus, and sometimes it was just physically holding his brother's hands up. But would we understand that there will never be a shortage of opportunities for us to serve the people around us and and how we can support and in turn serve the Lord and support the Lord's kingdom here on earth? Aaron was human though. Undoubtedly he was human and and uh he was flawed. Aaron was Moses's older brother, which is I think an important detail one culturally because Aaron was the, the eldest brother and that that he would have um something innate in his relationship with Moses that would say that he deserved more attention than Moses because of the, the, the cultural setup. But I think even today in our culture, like the firstborn, like there's something about that, that there's conflict that as an older sibling, it's hard for you to learn from your younger siblings. And so Aaron had to have a, a position of humility, but also there, there was something that happened in his insecurity and it, it presents itself in a couple different ways. There's, there's a short passage in Numbers chapter 12, which is after the book of Exodus, but it, it's still really, really important. It says this, Miriam, who is, who is Moses is an Aaron's sister, who's also older than Moses. Miriam is, is often attributed as the sister who put Moses in the wicker basket and sent him down the Nile River. Uh, Miriam and Aaron criticized Moses because of the Cushite woman he married, and then in parentheses, for he had married a Cushite woman. Scripture sometimes is just so repetitive, but it's really important that, that translations translate it exactly the way that it's supposed to be. So uh, Miriam and Aaron criticized Moses because of the Cushite woman he had married, for he had married a Cushite woman. They said, does the Lord speak only through Moses? Does he not also speak through us? And the Lord heard it. So in this moment, they're, they're annoyed with the fact that Moses is getting recognition. Yeah, yeah, God speaks through Moses, obviously, but he speaks through us too. And there's this moment of pride that happens in Aaron and Miriam. In this moment, what actually happens is Miriam receives a, a disease. I don't know why, ladies. I, I mean, I'm not a theological, I'm not a theologian. So I don't know why Miriam receives a disease, but Aaron doesn't in this moment of pride. Um, but Moses contends for his sister. She's healed. But this happens. The, the pride, the insecurity presents itself in Aaron's life in this moment. But the moment that is probably known for the most is Exodus chapter 32 and the golden calf. That this is where the insecurity of Aaron presents itself the most. And unfortunately, Aaron will forever be remembered as the dude who created a false idol. 
Moses is up the mountain for 40 days. People get impatient. They tell Aaron to make an, uh, an idol. And, and where we're going to find ourselves, Exodus chapter 32, is the moment that Moses confronts Aaron about what has happened while he's up on the mountain. It says, then Moses asked Aaron, what did these people do to you that you have led them into such a grave sin? Don't be enraged, my Lord, Aaron replied. You yourself know that these people are intent on evil. This is Aaron passing the blame onto the people of Israel instead of owning it himself. They said to me, make gods for us who will go before us because this Moses, this Moses, like this Moses guy, yeah, Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. So I said to them, whoever has gold, take it off. And they gave it to me when I threw it into the fire out came this calf, like, oh my gosh, like, I threw I threw gold into the fire, and then a, a calf just jumped out. Moses saw that the people were out of control, for Aaron had let them get out of control, making them a laughing stock to their enemies. What happens in this moment is, is Moses could have been very angry with Aaron, and, and he is, he's frustrated with Aaron, uh, but he goes and petitions on behalf of Aaron and on behalf of the nation of Israel, because God wants to smite them, like, God wants to kill them, and Moses is like, no, please don't, like, he, he petitions, God relents, but there, there's this moment in chapter in chapter 32 still, but verse 35, the way that it ends, it's really interesting. It says this, And the Lord inflicted a plague on the people for what they did with the calf Aaron had made. With the calf that Aaron had made. It's important, two things. Aaron was not free. He did not throw gold in and the calf just happened to pop out. Like Aaron was, was culpable in this. Like this is him. He, he was the one who did this. But also the author of Exodus is most likely Moses. So this is his brother being like, this is what happened. Because Aaron did this. Like, he's making a show. Like, this is what my brother did. I just think it's funny. It's an interesting relational dynamic there in Scripture. Here's the next point, is that failure can happen in the midst of faithfulness. Failure can happen in the midst of faithfulness. Aaron wasn't a fool. He didn't He didn't make a habit of making idols. He had been faithfully following God, following God for, like, a really long time for, for his entire life. It wasn't like he was just making idols and, and turning the nation of Israel away from God on a regular basis. But even in the midst of his faithfulness to God, his humanity presented itself and he, he, he sinned. He sinned. He did something wrong in the eyes of God. He was pressured by his people. He caved. Peer pressure did not, did not get created in you know the last couple decades. Like It's been around since the beginning of time. His peers pressure him into sinning. But just because he was uniquely gifted and uniquely positioned doesn't mean that he was free from being able to fail. And that applies to us today. Just because you and I are uniquely gifted and uniquely positioned to use those gift, gifts, it doesn't mean that we are free from the chance of failure. We will fail in the midst of our faithfulness. I'm sure we would all love it if we surrendered our life to Jesus, we became perfect, but that isn't how it works. We still have to make daily conscious decisions. Aaron made the conscious decision to make a calf. And it's easy for us to roll our eyes and be like, how did you do that? But we make daily conscious decisions that go against the will of God every single day. So we have to be aware as we live our lives that we get opportunity after opportunity after opportunity that every day is a new day. And that means that the, the successes of one day does not go to the next day and the failures of one day does not go to the next day. That we get daily daily decisions to make those conscious decisions in pursuit of the calling on our lives. The question is, when we make failures, when we, when we fail, are we willing to learn from them? In chapter 40, we see the Lord speaking to Moses about the setting up of the tabernacle, this, this holy place that God's presence would reside. This is eight chapters after the golden calf. So there's, there's a, a time frame that happens between the golden calf and the tabernacle. This is what it says, Exodus chapter 40, verses 12 through 15. God speaking to Moses says this, Then bring Aaron and his sons to the entrance of the, to the tent of the meeting and wash them with water. Clothe Aaron with the holy gar garments, anoint him and consecrate him so that he can serve me as a priest. Have his sons come forward to clothe them in tunics, anoint them just as you anointed their father so that they may also serve me as priests. Their anointing will, be, will serve to inaugurate a permanent priesthood for them through their generations. A permanent priesthood. This is massive. This is a huge moment in Israel's history. 
So, so the question that we pose is, are we willing to learn from them? It seems that answer, Aaron answered the previous question. He was willing to learn from his failures and God continued to use him. That his failure was not fatal in that moment, that the creating of the golden calf, this massive sin was not fatal to him. It did lead to, to repercussions that, that everybody who participated in the worshiping of the golden calf, they didn't get to see the promised land that they, they, their, their generations were going to get to see the promised land, but they, they weren't. Like there were repercussions for this, but God still said, I'm going to use you, Aaron, and I'm going to use your sons. And even though you're not going to step into the promised land, your sons will like this. This was huge. This was monumental. And I think that this leads us to our final point. It's this is that foundations are formed in failure. Foundations are formed in failure. Despite all the things that Aaron did in his life, there was growth. Aaron's family served a massive role in the nation of Israel. I think that we too often allow our failures to define us instead of refine us. Failure is not a death sentence. It's an opportunity to learn and grow into being a little bit more like Jesus. Failure is not fatal. I would actually argue that failure, if learned from, will not only lead to a better life, but a more authentic community, a, a community that is centered in Christ and aware of how he has used our mistakes and how he will use our victories, that that's where authentic community comes from. There's not really a, a, a clean shift here, but I want to close with a blessing that's known as Aaron's blessing. And I, I think that after knowing the story of Aaron, the blessing of Aaron is, is even more powerful because God goes to Moses and says, I want you to tell Aaron this is how he's going to bless the nation of Israel. And the reason that it's so impactful is because I think that the blessing that Aaron gets to impart on the nation of Israel is is significantly more powerful in the fa- fact that he knows it to be true. That, that the blessing that he speaks over the nation of Israel is something that he has experienced in his life himself. The blessing is this found in Numbers chapter 6. It says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So if you can, where you're at, this is what I want to do. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this, and I want you to hear this from someone like Aaron who gets to speak this over you. And then I, I, my prayer is that you would receive it and you would know that, that as you receive this blessing, that, that it's something that you could speak over the people in your lives as well because Aaron was imperfect, we are imperfect. It doesn't disqualify us from getting to speak the Lord's blessing over one another. It's this, the Lord bless you and keep you because he has blessed me and he has kept me. The Lord make his face shine on you because I know his face is shown upon me upon me. And, and I pray that he'd be gracious to you because he has been gracious to me. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace because he has done just that in my life as well. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Thank you for listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. If you are in the Billings area, we would love to see you at our in-person gatherings on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. If you're unable to attend in person, there are always ways to engage online. Follow along through Instagram at faithchapel.ya or find our ministry page at faithchapel.cc. You are loved.